to Quest for Faith. I'm Stephanie Clinton, your introduction host. In today's episode, Reverend Spain speaks with Food and Shelter Executive Director April Dozier about the state of homelessness in Norman. But first, let's see what's coming up in the life of the church. After a few years on t- pandemic hiatus, the old school church picnic is back. Mark your calendar for Sunday, June 4th, 5 o'clock at Andrews Park. The church will provide fried chicken and chicken tenders. Families with last names starting with the letters A through O, please bring a side dish or a salad. If your last name starts with the letters P through Z, please bring a dessert. Bring a lawn chair or a blanket and get ready to start the summer off right with some good old-fashioned fellowship. Sunday, June 4th is Open Membership Sunday. What is Open Membership Sunday, you say? Well, if you would like to officially join the church, but you don't feel comfortable walking down to the front of the church in front of all those people and awkwardly standing in front of a crowd, then this is for you. After the church service is over, the ministers and the elders will remain at the front of the sanctuary after everyone has left, and you can speak with them and join at that time. No pressure to be in front of a crowd. Saturday, July 8th, is FCC Family Night at OKC Dodgers. The Millennial and Gen X groups are invited to the Bricktown Ballpark. Tickets are only $10 per person, and they include admission to the game, an OKC Dodgers baseball cap, a Brahms meal voucher, and a guaranteed sweaty good time. Please call Tom Lida in the church office for more info or go online to sign up. Visit fcc.link forward slash OKC Dodgers game. It's time to start thinking about Vacation Bible School. This year, we will be traveling all the way to Babylon, July 31st through August 3rd. Well, not actually all the way across the globe, just up to the Fellowship Hall, but you get it. Children ages kindergarten through fifth grade are welcome. Teenagers can help out, and we also need shopkeepers and group leaders. So there's something for all ages. Stay tuned for sign-up opportunities. The Charm Group is already planning their annual trip to Branson, October 17th through 20. If you would like to participate, please contact Stephanie Gassaway in the church office to secure your spot. And speaking of securing your spot, reserve your spot for game day parking now, and rest assured that you will always have a reserved prime parking spot on game days. The cost for the entire season is only $150, and proceeds go toward the summer youth mission trip. Contact the church office to reserve your spot before they fill up. And now, for this enlightening discussion. Delighted to be talking with April Dozier today, who is the Executive Director at Food and Shelter Incorporated here in Norman. wanted to spend some time talking about homelessness in Norman. Um, Over the last several months, there have been a number of stories in the paper and certainly conversations on social media about homeless people in Norman, Uh, Certainly Food and Shelter and a a lot of other agencies in Norman um, dedicate uh, their time or on the front lines and working uh, with people who are without a home. And so we are so grateful for yours and many of the other agencies' excellent work. But uh, what, um, given all the publicity that's been out there, uh, what is your assessment of the current situation in Norman for our neighbors who are currently without a home? So... Homelessness has not typically been a political issue, but it does feel like in the last many years it's become political. There's two very uh, passionate sides to this conversation. One is there are a group of people who believe uh, 
homelessness is a cause for virtually everything wrong in Norman, that people who are homeless are ruining businesses, um, hurting people, could potentially hurt children. There's just awful conversations being said about people who are homeless on one side of things. And then, of course, there's another side of of a group of people that are very passionate, and, and it's become really a divided issue. And with that has come some really negative stories, things I believe are not true about homelessness as a subject and about people who are homeless here in Norman. And that has just caused a great amount of strife within uh, the service organizations uh, like mine, but particularly for people who are homeless. For instance, I was at our shelter, a friend's house, probably three weeks ago when a story came out in the Norman transcript and one of the men stopped me and said, well, we're in the newspaper again. And I said, gosh, what what would we do now, you know? And he said, I just don't understand. These None of these stories are true about us. He said, I've been in Norman almost my whole life. I raised my kids here. Didn't become homeless until after my divorce. But we don't have buses of people coming to Norman to be homeless. That's just not true. And and the, these are not people coming from outside of Norman. We're all here. We're, Norman is our town. And so uh, the angst and the fear and the worry on people who are homeless about what might happen to them, what might happen to the services that they rely on to just literally survive is uh, becoming heavier and heavier. So kind of leads to the second uh, thought. Um, there has been a lot of, we'll say information, put air quotes around that. Um, what are uh, some of the inaccurate statements that, um, from your perspective and the people you work with and the other agencies, what are some of the inaccurate statements that are circulating in Norman right now? I touched on one of them already. I think there's this idea that people are coming to Norman to be homeless. And though that happens on occasion, it's usually seeking opportunity for food and shelter, not to come here and wreak havoc on our community. What we know from our point in time count that happened in January is that well over 80% of the people who were homeless on that day lived in Norman before they became homeless. And of those that transitioned here, many came back to Norman after becoming homeless somewhere else because this is where their family is. Their children were here. Their parents are here. They have roots in Norman. And so that idea, I think, justifies inaction by saying, oh, those those are not our neighbors. We take care of our neighbors, but those that come in to be homeless, they're just here to cause trouble, and we shouldn't have to serve them. I think that's a a really inaccurate statement, and it's just not very um, kind and Christian of us to look at somebody regardless of why they're here and say you don't deserve help, love, and support. The other one I think that is um, really pervasive right now and dangerous, actually, is this idea that people who are homeless men and women on the streets um, are murderers and rapists and criminals they're out there to just really hurt people Uh, you know what we know is that people who are homeless commit crimes at no greater rate than people who are housed Um, if you look at the the 
people who are arrested here in Norman for doing very heinous things. They're not homeless. They're housed people. And one of the reasons that that's dangerous is because we're seeing more and more violence and threats to people on the streets just simply uh, because they're homeless. It's giving people some sort of justification to say, you're a threat to this community, therefore I should um, take take our safety of our community into our own hands. We've seen three or four men in the last couple of months be um, severely attacked and hurt, physically hurt. Uh, just for sitting in a park or sitting on a bench or sitting in an area, having uh, done nothing to provoke it. And um, I really think that kind of rhetoric is leading to to violence and, and the fear that's of our community. You mentioned um, a friend's house uh, and point in time count. Mm-hmm. So not everybody may understand uh, point in time count. Talk Talk just a little bit about that. Yeah, so as a part of our relationship with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, they ask us every year on the same day as everybody else in the country to take a snapshot count of individuals who are homeless in Norman. And by homeless, we mean on the street, in a shelter, literally homeless, not necessarily a couch surfer or somebody staying with a friend or in a motel room. And so we, as uh, service organizations and with the help of many volunteers, go out and try to identify every person that's homeless in Norman. And that point in time count gives us kind of a metric to see, are our numbers going up? Are our numbers staying the same? Or are they going down? Um, One of the challenges with a point in time count is they always have us do it in winter. (laughs) And so it can be very challenging to really identify everybody uh, who's homeless. So the numbers... Can, can tend to be, um, uh, you know, generalized uh, as opposed to accurate, but uh, we do the very best we can. And what did you find this year as compared to previous years? So uh, the unhoused number, and that's the people who are on the street, there were about 85 people counted. Now we know that's missing probably, if I were to give a rough estimate, probably about 30 people that we just didn't see that day or they were inside somewhere else that day. But on any given day at Food and Shelter, we see about 125 or 130 unhoused, regularly outside people who uh, need a place to sleep inside. That does not count those that are already staying inside at a friend's house, our new shelter. And so at a friend's house, yeah, let's talk about friend's house. Where is that? And and give us an update on that. Yeah, so a friend's house is the newest (laughs) shelter piece um, of food and shelter. Through a partnership with the city of Norman, we opened a friend's house on November the 1st of 2022. It's a dorm-style overnight shelter that uh, sleeps 14 women and 26 men. And uh, at a friend's house, um, our guests can check in in the afternoon around 4.30. And while there, they have a bed to sleep in social workers to help them connect to resources, uh, help them access housing plans. And uh, it's really been such a beautiful opportunity for hundreds of people who otherwise would have been outside or in a park downtown sleeping on the street of Norman. Um, In January of this year, we allowed people to start saving their beds at a friend's house. One of the reasons for that is to help the line form later in the day as opposed to at noon. And that really came from a conversation I had with a guy. He was lined up at a friend's house 
at noon. It was right after lunch. He'd ate lunch and he went straight there to wait in line. And I had uh, gotten a call from the city manager saying, you know, that line's forming. It's really blocking the sidewalk. What can we do? So I went and asked this gentleman. I said, you know, we don't even open till five o'clock. What are you doing, bud? And he said, if I don't stand here, there's a chance I don't have a bed to sleep in tonight. And he said, I'm going to just stand here because I don't know where I'll sleep. I can't, I don't want to be outside. And that really kind of like gave me pause. It made me say like one, you know, this idea that people want to be homeless, want to be outside is silly. I don't think anybody's choosing that. But two, being homeless and having to spend your whole day worrying about where you're going to eat and where you're going to sleep is just no way to live. And I, so I went to our staff and I said, we've got to make these people's days better. And we decided to just allow our guests to, to reserve a bed like you would at a friend's house. I'm going to come back today or, you know, like at a motel room. And since that change has happened at a friend's house, uh, we've been able to see more people go back to work because they can use their day better. You know, this gentleman that I mentioned after a couple of weeks of knowing he was going to have a bed to sleep in at night, was able to go to mental health services and, and get back on some medication and got a job at Whataburger here in Norman and is still working there today and is real close to being housed because we were able to take him out of that waiting day, this, the day spent waiting. And really that's what a friend's house is doing for Norman. There's this kind of idea that uh, just because it's downtown that you know, there's trouble going on all over the place. Um, but what we're really doing there is we're helping people exit homelessness, get back on their feet, get the resources they need so that they can uh, leave it behind. And it uh, initially was a temporary shelter, and but that's shifted. Yeah. So, yes, this location at 109 West Gray uh, was always going to be a temporary location. Uh, the city offered us that building. They own it. Uh, to get us through winter, but we always knew we were going to work toward a, a bigger, more effective location. And, you know, it's my dream. If I were to have a dream, it's my dream that that would be closer to food and shelter where they can um, sleep at night at a friend's house and still come through the daytime and, and get their meals and, and be with our community and access the rest of their support services. So, um, I will keep praying and dreaming about that until we find uh, just the right location and the right solution. Which leads a little bit to the next topic. Um, what are the challenges uh, that, uh, that our homeless neighbors are facing right now in Norman? So the, I think the biggest challenge is there's, unless you're inside at a shelter, there's nowhere to, to be that you're welcome. Um, in the city of Norman, we had some historical campsites that had existed, you know, for decades. And for many reasons, the city worked to, to dismantle those campsites. They, those were really in the extremities of Norman, like the far, the far west and south of Norman and then some out east. And, you know, for, for probably good reasons, those were dismantled. But that did mean about 100 people that normally sleep on the outside of Norman, hidden away, 
had to move inside Norman city limits and, and into core Norman downtown and parks. And that's really why it's so visible now. And I think that has something to do with the, the fear and the kind of the rhetoric that's going on because there's this idea that there's all of a sudden all of these people who are homeless in Norman when in fact they've many of these people, lots of these folks have been here for a long time and, um, haven't been offered the resources that they really need to get out of homelessness. It's a complicated thing to start your life over. And unless we have supportive housing opportunities, wraparound services, you know, it'll, it'll just perpetuate for some of these people until they die. And that, uh, that you, you, you talked about it uh, being, you know, a complex, uh, complicated situation. So what, maybe are some of the short-term and maybe some of the long-term um, moves that can that can help reduce the homeless population in Norm. So right now we are really focused on getting uh, a higher capacity shelter for um, people who are homeless. We would like to see one that could house over 100 people at, every night, men, women, and families. Uh, I think that there's a will of the city council. I think there's a will of a majority of Norman to say, you know, yes, there are a lot of challenges to having so many people sleeping outside. The solution is give them a place to sleep inside. And I think every, I think most of us can agree on that. So that would be probably our first short-term goal is identifying a place to put that higher capacity shelter. It allows us to, we, we would you know, want to be able to shelter animals so people who do have companion animals can get inside. That's a barrier right now for people. So that's our short-term goal. Long term, you know, the city of Norman has kind of two lives. We have the campus life, we have OU life, and we we're building up a great amount of resources right now to be prepared for the SEC, and that's a really exciting thing. I'm a big Sooner fan. Um but we also have Norman, like the people who live here, those of us who've been here a long time. And there's of that group, there are a lot of people who are poor. And uh, I think that it's real easy to think OU is kind of a big, affluent community because of our polished OU campus. It's a beautiful. But there are a lot of struggling people here, not just those who are homeless. And if we don't address the housing issue that's in Norman, where we lack I think the study said we lack, you know, that several thousand beds of affordable housing to really meet the needs of the that class, that group of people in Norman who need them. So if we don't address that, we're really going to find ourselves in a bigger pickle than we are right now with homelessness. Um, the cost to rent a two-bedroom house, apartment house, anything in Norman. It just far exceeds what most single parents can afford. And we see more and more struggling people right now. And so I think, one, we've just got to address that. For the the chronically homeless and the street homeless community, it's not just about a house. It's about a house and support services. Um, you know, if those folks could get themselves off the street, they'd have already done that. They really need someone to walk with them through that, stay with them, and provide that intensive support services Throughout, We call that permanent supportive housing. Uh, Norman desperately needs uh, some permanent supportive housing to get uh, many of these folks will never be housed again without that kind of housing. 
would the idea of having a shelter closer to where Food and Shelter and the Share Center, which is opening soon? Um, hopefully this summer, yeah. Exciting. The Share Center is a, a food resource. Yeah. Say so just a, sec, a, a little off topic, but talk about the Share yeah. Center because it is all part of the sure. solution. Yeah, like I think that's that's a great point. This really does tie right into it. The Share Center is a new expansion of Food and Shelter. It's a food and resource center partnering with um, the Regional Food Bank and many other service providers in Norman. The beacon of it is going to be a free grocery store, but while shoppers come, they can access a wide range of support services aimed at connecting them to the resources that are here that many people just don't know how to access. And so, yeah, having a shelter there so that those residents, the guests at a friend's house can come and eat their meals at food and shelter if they want to, can visit the share center and apply for housing, apply for um, veterans benefits, apply for all kinds of things they're not currently getting. Um, it really would be a great uh, and, and a, definitely an effective place to put a shelter. Transportation is an issue. And if you have services spread out all over town, it's hard to access those services if you're on foot. Correct. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we see a lot of foot traffic in Norman right now is because, um, uh, People who are struggling, who don't have cars, not just those who are homeless, um, have to walk most of the places they go. So it, it causes people concern for sure. If there's a particular message or theme that would be helpful for us to keep in mind as we address homelessness in Norman, um, you know, maybe there's no such thing as an elevator speech when it comes to homelessness, but are there some one or two or three points that would be helpful to keep in mind? So... You know, nobody at the age of five years old says, when I grow up, I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be a drug addict or I'm going to, you know, be in a mental hospital many times. Nobody at the age of three or four or five is dreaming of this kind of a lifestyle. Uh, almost everybody I meet at Food and Shelter comes from some type of a life of trauma a place where they were abused, their parents were abused, significant death, generational poverty, a life that just almost renders them inevitable to grow up and be homeless and poor and struggling. And without some sort of opportunity to intervene and to break that cycle and to, to get them into a place where they can support themselves with whatever resources they need, whether it be housing, support, income, um, benefits. Um, that's really the only way that we eventually get to a place where we are not overwhelmed with homelessness because um, it's not like there's they have family members there who can rescue them. Their family members are in just as bad a situation. And the one thing I would just really... Uh, I've been leaning on a lot lately is just remembering that every person who's homeless was born one of God's children, just like all of us, was born loved and is loved just like all of us, whether their parents are um, in the picture or not. You know, they were born somebody's baby who they looked down on and said, I want you to have a better life. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen. It didn't come. Uh, but it's not too late to give people opportunity, regardless of how they got into homelessness. It's not too late to give them opportunity to be inside and to connect with this community and connect with their family and, and hopefully be 
someone better and, and live a better life. Just the other day, I was talking to a man, and we housed him probably about six months ago. He never stayed in a friend's house because this was before. He was on the street a long time. He got housed, and he showed me some pictures of him and his children. He hadn't gotten to see them in a very, very long time, years, years. They're teenagers and and in college now, and uh, he showed me this picture, just him beaming with pride of getting to be with his children again after probably 10 years, and... All I could think about was, it's never too late. It is a part of many religious traditions, uh, the major world religions, that care for the neighbor is part of uh, is part of our faith. And um, so, um, and even if one isn't necessarily religious, um, care for care for a neighbor is simply a humanitarian aspect. Um, and part of what makes us human. Um, and so thank you for all the work that you do. Um, you, you live this every day, and you reach out every day in the spirit of love and care. Um, and, of course, not just you, but a number of agencies in Norman are dedicated, people are dedicated to um, helping the lives of, um, of so many people. Um, I think... Uh, I'm going to slaughter this a little bit, but it, Roosevelt said something about the measure of a nation is not how we is is based on how we care for the least, um, and so I think this is a good opportunity for Norman to take a measure uh, of itself and and see how we are indeed caring for those who are most both most vulnerable. April Dozier, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk about a very important matter that uh, is not about one population, but it's about all of us in the city of Norman. So thank you for your work. Thank you so much.